Something extremely ex- sexy and exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <sorry>. Research. <laughs> or formerly known as uh, scroll holes, YouTube holes. <laughs> scroll hole. I like that's like a band name. <laughs> <laughs> Internet holes. Whatever. Whatever holes. We all the scroll holes. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking you on this adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're taking you on an adventure and we're continuing on our conversation of what we talked about last week, which was finding your unique intersection and why knowing what your unique intersection is, is, is pretty important for if you're someone who makes content on the internet. But I would also argue just someone who's interested in continuing to grow and evolve and amass competency and also experience over time to basically self-actualize. Yeah, and kind of pitch yourself in any situation, you know, whether it's a job interview, a new role, a collaboration. Yeah, like knowing who you are and like kind of what your voice is and how you relate to the world. Like what's the lens, what's the meaning, your unique meaning making system that helps you understand the world? And how can you describe that to other people? Exactly. Because it's really important. Whether you have a business or not. I think like if you're just a person interacting with other people, like that's pretty important to figure out. Yeah. What's your unique POV? What do you, what keeps you up late at night on the internet? (laughs) Yeah. And like, why do you believe what you believe? Have you ever investigated it? Yeah. When we were talking about unique intersections last week, we kind of talked about how it's really easy to say, oh, I just, I hate being online. I hate scrolling on Instagram. I hate social media. And often that sort of feeling maybe comes from overwhelm or our perspective of just like we're in the hate hole, like a scroll hole. Yeah. (laughs) And we kind of like can't move out of it. You know, like when you're in a bad mood and you're just like, I'm in a fucking bad mood. You're like, I'm going to sit here and no one will pull me out of it. (laughs) Sometimes you need to sit in it. Sometimes you need to sit in it. And then sometimes you need to like buckle up and put a smile on. Yeah, or you have a vendetta out for Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even say his name. Zuckerberg. Right, but it's just as easy to have a vendetta against Marky Z, but it's just as easy to say, I'm going to have a straight up bad time on the internet as it is to say, I'm actually going to go into this and have a really positive experience and make this something that is exciting and fun. It's more fun to have fun. It's more fun to have fun, you guys. It takes a little bit more effort, though, because you're kind of going against the grain. Do you think? I think it takes more effort to hate everything. Well, I think because the dominant norm is very much it's cool to not care. Mm -hmm. And and depending on the circles that Mm -hmm. you're in, but I think especially with social media. Mm, it's not yeah. cool to care. It's not cool to have a hyper curated feed, whatever. You can go down that path. And so I do think to make the active choice to say, no, I'm going to actually have fun with this because who cares? Why not? Can sometimes take a little bit more effort. Yeah. But I think once you get into the rhythm, you realize it's actually not hard. It's mm-hmm. the easier way to go about it. 100%. And it can be a playground to experience all the things and, and grow in all the ways that you want to. In your personal life, but also like as a business or as a business owner, potentially. The algorithm is pretty powerful. Yeah. And you never know also by sharing your unique point of view where that will impact you in your life later. 
mm-hmm. and how that will come back to you without sounding too cliche, but like tenfold because you're just being you and people will think of you for that specific topic and be like, oh, you know, who's really good at that? Michelle, I should connect you to. Yeah. We had this crazy thing happen where... I was sharing on my personal Instagram about Notion and I had a creative director who I had worked with many years ago reach out to me at a pretty big company and say, can you do a Notion build for my team? And so we, Wallace and I built this entire Notion database for this pretty big creative team at a pretty big company. And that just truly came from me kind of like half-assed sharing about Notion and what I like about it. Yeah. That was, that was really cool. That's a perfect example of a unique intersection. And arguably, things that lead you there are paying more attention to what you're deep diving on, mm-hmm. to what you're getting lost in the sauce on the internet. Yeah, because our our currency online especially is our time and is our attention. Mm-hmm. And what we pay attention to on the algorithm, mm-hmm. you know, what we, what we like, what we save, what we share, but also like kind of in a more esoteric way, like the algorithm of the universe, what we're putting out there, what we're interacting with, we're, we're telling the algorithm that we want more of when we interact with it. We're saying, yes, more of that, that, that causes a reaction in me. And when you interact, I think online, like when you're scrolling through your Instagram or Twitter or Pinterest or TikTok, whatever it is, it can be a really generative experience and an interesting and exciting experience that helps develop your knowledge base and helps you grow. And you can literally be looking at the same stuff that maybe a week ago you would have been like, "Ugh, I just scrolled for two hours and I feel like a piece of shit because like I did nothing for the last two hours. You could be looking at the exact same stuff. And if you have a perspective of, hmm, why am I getting this? And like, yeah. why am I interested in this? And how does this maybe relate back to like the things that I'm already thinking about, mm-hmm. even if it's totally off topic, even if it's mm-hmm. a story about grasshoppers, like, wow, why does that like fascinate me right now? That can absolutely change the way that you take in, in that, that information and then use it in the future. And one of the things that we're talking about today is the different types of research that can help you arrive at said unique interest intersection Mm -hmm. and make content making fun one of my favorite sayings is if you want to become an expert in something teach it to somebody else Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the content that we as a collective we make Mm -hmm. is a way for us we want to put it out into the world because that's how we learn Mm -hmm. you know like almost metabolizing and then crafting it into a different package Mm -hmm. it's like writing an essay or something Mm -hmm. and if that's if making content is a process that helps us build our own knowledge and um, deepen our own experience, then it's probably pretty important. And if we want to make content in a way that feels like that, as opposed to feels like being on a content treadmill where you just like have to spit out shitty content all the time and you're exhausted and burnt out, then we have to almost always be doing research Mm -hmm. because we need more data, more information to sort of think about, to metabolize, to sort of like let brew to make something new. Mm -hmm. And instead of feeling like, oh, I always have to be doing research. (laughs) Or you're like chronically online. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be online. It can absolutely be offline. Um, But the key thing is being a little bit more conscious about storing that information so you can refer back to it and recall it and massage it. But I think when I was first also understanding this, I felt like, oh, I have to be online all the time. It's so tiring. Too many screens. And you feel like you're never going to catch up. Like, oh, everything moves. Because everything does move so fast. 
It's yeah. crazy. I think most of the time when we think about research, we think of like going and searching something on Google or, you know, like writing an essay and pulling a bunch of sources. But really, the majority of our research is ambient research. It's happening in the background all the time. Yeah. We're a sponge. Extended mind theory tells us that, you know, we're taking it in information constantly and our body is storing that information our unconscious or subconscious is storing that information and it really is locked away without a key until we can, can acknowledge it and like know that it's there mm -hmm. and part of being able to see that and recall it is being able to review that information and having a real system of like oh conscientiously storing that information for later to recall but what usually happens is we're sort of mindlessly scrolling online and we we get in the scroll hole and then we feel depleted or embarrassed or we're just like oh my god I was on reddit for like six hours and I got nothing done and I feel like a horrible person and like my brain is melting and one very small shift that we can make is just making a note of that content or whatever it is that's interesting us that like is tickling all of our fancies and storing it in a system so that we can review it later. Yes. Also remembering or thinking of examples of artists that you really admire, like Kendrick Lamar, mm -hmm. always writing things down in his phone. You can think of so many examples of this, mm -hmm. of artists writing on note cards or they carry a little notepad in their pocket yeah. or their phones. Jean-Michel Basquiat would take a piece of cardboard and scribble something down immediately that was in his area yeah. so that he could just get it out of his head and store it somewhere. Yeah. And I think thinking of even the memes that you save or the captions that you're like, oh, that's really smart, that's really funny, or that's a good way of putting it, that you can save those and store those for later as little templates for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think what... Instagram is like halfway there because you can yeah. do the little save, right? right? But honestly, be real. How often do you really go back and look at those saves? Like really, really, uh, or why. remember why yeah. you saved the thing, right? Yeah. Now you can maybe add it to like a certain folder, but even so, maybe like, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, what did I like about this? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. And it's kind of like, your your brain has like a cloud library mm -hmm. and it would be like if you just kept taking screenshots and like uploading them to the cloud and then you have a thousand screenshots and you're like okay I know it's in one of these but mm -hmm. like where mm -hmm. so when you really need that information you're not able to find it mm -hmm. and that's so frustrating because then you don't really trust yourself for for recall so if you can just make it a tiny bit easier for yourself by creating some sort of title or even storing it to the quote unquote, right place, like a mm -hmm. specific place. That's going to make a really big difference in your recall in the future and making that research feel like it's actually generative and like supportive for you as opposed to like brain, I don't know, your brain like melting out of your ear. You yeah, know? it gives it purpose and you can be in the driver's seat of I'm not only taking in this content because I enjoy it, but I'm also saving it to muse on it later, to come up with a new theory, to rework it into something else. Exactly. Yeah. Like when we're actively taking in information as opposed to passively taking in information, um, we're applying it through the lens of our unique intersection. We're adding it to almost like our the cue cards that we have and like, OK, how does this fit into my web of like how I see the world? Mm -hmm. Does this provide more evidence for something that I already believe in? Like, OK, cool. Does this actually provide evidence in the other direction. Okay, interesting. Like that just gives me a more well-rounded perspective of why I think what I think and maybe like where I need to go next in order to develop what I really believe, like what my meaning-making system is. 
So creating a capture system, super important. We talk about this in digital alters and in our systems class, but our favorite is to create an inbox in Notion. Mm -hmm. You can use the Save to Notion Chrome extension or the Notion app on your phone, and it's super easy to save literally anything directly to an inbox, where which is just a database that you can review every day or at the end of the week and then file away in your second brain or in your research library. I also really like Command. Mm. This is a new browser that I'm experimenting. Check it out. It's cool. I haven't quite nailed it yet, Mm. but it connects with Notion, which I like. And then another one is Readwise. And Readwise is awesome for not just your Kindle or your e-reader, but anything that you're reading online. You can highlight things and it'll save it directly to your Notion or they have a bunch of other extensions. And then, I mean, like, finally, you could use bookmarks, you know, on your computer. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, don't do it. <laughs> I'm also using my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you like it's it? It's fun. I like it so far, but I haven't totally got the hang of it yet. So yeah. I think it's cool to check out. It's really beautiful. It's really user friendly. It's super easy to use. TBD on my final review, but I'd say check it out. Yeah. We do talk about it a bunch in digital alters, but a great example is how we do research for good for you. Cause we do it all the time on every platform. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it involves some group texts, <laughs> some Slack channels and some notion boards, mm-hmm. but generally it involves saving things to discuss later that we are like, Hmm, this is catching my eye. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a product that keeps getting advertised to us or, mm-hmm story and a trend that we keep noticing so we're always saving anything that could be part of the good for you universe which is a very unique intersection (laughs) of weird things sure sure is yeah I I think that adding this project into my life has changed the way that I interact especially with Instagram ads yeah because I'm trying to find new things right Mm -hmm. so like looking for new trends and looking for new brands and like what's out there in the world what people are talking about. And normally I don't jump on a trend immediately. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm going to do my own research first, but kind of like I actually start to click on things now and I look at them through the lens of like, okay, why did someone make this thing? Like, who are they trying to talk to and who funded this? Like, where is this coming from? Um, (laughs) And that totally changes my experience of it too. Absolutely. Same. I I have an email problem. I'm subscribed to so many email newsletters and just I, because I love research and I love information and it can get to the point where it's just overwhelming and I feel like I have to delete everything. But when I do have a lens of like, oh, I'm kind of doing ambient research for good for you stuff. I, I, it's almost like I get laser vision where I'm like, oh yeah. I can delete this because it's not going to apply or like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Like what's the trend on TikTok right now? Why is that important? Yeah. One of my favorite ways to research using my plethora of newsletters (laughs) is to, I have an email that's just for newsletters, nothing else. And I go and search for keywords in it. That's smart. And then it pulls up all the newsletters that I haven't read (laughs) because (laughs) there's too many. And then I look specifically in all of those newsletters for that keyword or a key phrase. That's kind of active research. That is active. That's once I've decided mm -hmm. that there is a specific thing. So, But that's a really good segue because that's what most of us start with is active research, right? But... Typically, we're like looking at at the black hole of the internet. I'm just like, where do I even begin? And once you have sort of your ambient research that you've done, even if you haven't read every article, even if you didn't do the deepest deep dive, at least if you've added, you know, like a tag to it or Mm -hmm. something, it's in your storage somewhere. Mm -hmm. Ideally all in the same place because then you can go look 
all in the same spot for it. It's mm-hmm. not in a bunch of different um, containers. It gives you a jumping off point because you're like, okay, I have these three data points to make up this world. Let's say it's something like non-alcoholic beverages. Mm-hmm. All right, I've saved five things, pieces of information about non-alcoholic beverages. This is my baseline. All right, what else, what do I need to build out and know from here in order to make a decision or in order to come to a conclusion about this? In particular, usually we do active research when we're trying to either make content or make a choice. Like we're making a purchase or we're trying to hire someone or we're trying to decide what we want to do next in our business. So knowing what we want our end goal to be can help our active research process be more efficient and also be more fun Mm because you're not starting from a blank page right you're not just starting from like the abyss of the internet and you're not only depending on google (laughs) yeah which can be extremely misleading especially lately because of the way that ads are now used on google it's misleading in terms of what the top search results are and so i think within active research it's figuring out what are the best research tools for this topic specifically yeah and expanding your idea of what research tools are. So maybe your inbox can be one because mm-hmm. you're searching for a keyword. Or like we talk about, Amazon is a great tool to search for trends and what people are selling and buying. TikTok is another great one. YouTube. Yeah. Pinterest. These are like yeah. the top four search engines yeah. in the world. And we yeah. don't always think to go to those places to get more information. Or like we don't, I don't know, not that we don't think it's valuable, but we don't almost know like... If I'm going to look up black holes on Google and then look up black holes on Amazon, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for really different pieces of feedback, right? But that doesn't make one more or less valuable. I mean, unless you're on JSTOR, then you know. (laughs) Then then you know it's real. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the problem with active research and why a lot of us get like, like our butthole clenches up when Mm. we think about it or when we think about making content and the amount of effort that goes into making content, Mm -hmm. that research part feels like so intense Mm. because you can get in just like this black hole of procrastination around researching and researching and Googling more and finding more sources. I've no, that like is my tendency. I would say that's my nature. And the key is when you start from your ambient research, you kind of have, again, that skeleton of like, okay, here's what I kind of know. Here's what I don't know. And I need more information about. And that can give you almost a parameter of like, okay, this is what I'm going to stop. When I have a couple more data points, then I can make a choice and move forward because we want to get, there's a sweet spot between that false sense of certainty when you don't have enough information and you're kind of just making like a gut call or um, overgeneralization versus like super polarized thinking of there is one right answer. I have to find the one right answer and the only correct answer, which is a distorted style of thinking. So there's a middle ground between those two places and that's where your active research can be really powerful. Also where you need to be aware of how am I confirming my own bias Mm -hmm. and pulling it back and sleeping on it. Yes. And saying, okay, this was enough for today. Like cramming research can be done, but is not ideal. No, you got to let it brew. And that's why ambient research is so valuable because it's slowly building over time. Exactly. It's like a plant. Like you don't expect a plant to germinate overnight. You know, it's got to like, it's got to let, let things happen. Yeah. Confirmation bias. You always mental model. Make a note of it. We always find evidence for what we want to believe unless we're really conscientiously aware of that fact because that's, I mean, we're trying to to prove our truth. Mm -hmm. We're trying to justify our meaning-making system in Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And we will ignore all evidence that points in the opposite direction if we find one piece of evidence that proves what we believe to be true. Mm -hmm. So 
be careful about your confirmation bias. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we've done this actively as we're recording. Good for you. Mm-hmm. To use it as an example again. <laughs> Where we're actively researching a product that the other one is thinking about buying. And then we figure out live during the recording <laughs> that that product is quite a scam. Sometimes when we're doing research and we're like, oh, this is probably a scam. <laughs> and then we're still like, but I still want to try it. You yeah. know, like yeah. it's almost confirmation yeah, bias yeah. in that way of like, oh, you know what? I really just like emotionally want this thing. Yeah. And I've investigated like perhaps that's what being capitalism critical is. It's like investigating why we want to buy the things that we want to buy. Like, Mm -hmm. where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. And like, why is marketing working on me? What is it that I think I'm going to get? So all of this research, being online, making content, It's all here primarily to help us grow, to help us learn more about ourselves and to self-actualize. I've said that so many times, but really like crystallize Mm -hmm. what we believe, like what we think of the world and to make this experience like tangible, you know, like to ground it in some way to like make it muscular. Do you know what I mean? Like the experience of being a person so that, you know, the unexamined life is not a life worth living. We don't have to be navel gazing. We don't have to be like so annoying and narcissistic but if we can just like pull back a little bit and make this experience fun and make it for us too like you're not just on this planet to be a content making machine on instagram you are here to like evolve and have an experience and when you're conscientious about that and everything that you're taking in you understand is contributing to your knowledge base and your understanding of how you fit in this world like what your purpose might be, what you're orienting towards, that makes it worth it. And like, that's why making starting a business is one of the like best personal development tools ever Mm -hmm. because it forces you to do this and consistently ask yourself, well, like to what end? Like, why do I care about this? Or why am I making this thing? Money's fine. Money's great. But like, what else? There's got to be another reason. And it's hard to run away from it. Well, and to to build on the self-actualizing and the cloud library that you're building online, it's taking the idea of putting together like a bouquet of flowers mm-hmm. or your altar at home, whatever you have, whatever it is, you're also building your digital altar. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this a lot in our digital altars course, but to think of your digital altar as important as your physical mm-hmm. surroundings, at least for me, has helped me understand and really bridge the gap between the digital and the physical world and really that there's not a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. And that the more that we try and create this binary of I don't want to be online, I just want to be IRL, mm-hmm. the tougher it becomes to then be online versus figuring out how do I make this online space fun? How do I decorate it with things that are inspiring? How do I follow people that inspire me where I want to create more? Mm-hmm. And I'm in like a playground of fun, not a playground surrounded by people that bring you down. Yes. And you saying that made me just think of, we are so quick to create a binary between what's magic and what's mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. And like what's natural and what's not. Right. Yeah. And there's magic in everything. Like everything can be a spiritual and is a spiritual experience. We, you know, life is, you can believe that life is meaningless and empty, or you can believe that life has meaning Mm -hmm. and that there's meaning in everything. And you can also actively create that meaning similar to actively creating the fun. Exactly. And you do when you believe that life is like either way. Like if you're, I think the airport is a great experiment Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I've been in a lot of 
long airport lines recently. <laughs> and people are often really upset in airports because no one wants to be crammed together waiting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And things are often delayed. It's a place where you're kind of, you don't have a lot of control over your surroundings. And everyone's farty. Yes. <laughs> so gassy. Everyone needs to shower. <laughs> Peak human experiment. I'll always think of how can I make this more fun? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here for two to three hours. Yep. And thinking about that with your experience online, whatever platform it is, completely changes the lens through which you're creating and consuming. It goes honestly back to confirmation bias. You find evidence for what you want to believe. If you yeah. want to believe the online world is boring and scary and gross, then it will be that. If you want to believe that it is a magical algorithm that reflects the algorithm of the universe that we are all playing in all the time where we can cast spells with our intentions and with what how we choose to curate ourselves and the world around us then it will become that and you will see things change and like honestly which one sounds more fun yeah more fun to have fun yeah I'm also like the sort of like bitchy side of my brain is like, why wouldn't you use all the tools at your disposal? Evolve, you know, yeah. to like, to like, we are so lucky that we live in this time that we have access to these things. Like you're really going to, that's like cutting off your arm because you're like, I don't know. I don't really like the left side of me. Yeah. Like Just what? By your face. <laughs> figure it out, man. Like yeah. figure out how to like it. Yeah. Cause you, you you're so lucky. And I think like that being said, if you don't like Instagram, that's fine. But sure. there are also many other platforms and often it becomes, oh, I just don't like social media. Or you can also choose to find a better way, mm-hmm. find a more fun way because it doesn't have to be Instagram do or die. Like there's no. many other platforms and avenues. And, you know, we talk about this again in digital alters, but it is important not to have all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. That's something that any creator should be aware of Mm -hmm. at the same time if you really feel like you have a message to share like you're here to do something like you're here for a purpose like there's a reason and maybe you don't even really know what it is it's kind of like I don't know not to be a downer but it's like kind of your responsibility to use every little piece of fuel that you can to help you share that with the world and to test things out i think if you want to see us testing out theories in real time (laughs) check out good for you pod on instagram and even the podcast like i think if you're curious to see some stuff work some stuff not work we're 1000 percent testing that out in real time and always getting feedback and that's one of the really amazing things about social media is you're getting instant feedback Mm -hmm. that is so direct that you can iterate really quickly and you Mm -hmm. can get really creative with the information that you receive from your community from your audience so it's kind of a gift yeah if you see it as like oh this is positive feedback even if you get you know of course there's going to be negative feedback if you're putting anything out there to be expected but using active and ambient research as your modeling clay and then putting something out there and seeing how people respond to it is kind of a gift that is afforded to us by the internet and by this like instant access Mm -hmm. amen on a micro level for the content that you make and maybe the business that you have but also on a more macro level do I like embodying this archetype do I like this world that I'm creating around myself and if I don't if I'm like actually makes me feel gross cool you can shift it you can absolutely Absolutely change your mind. Changing your mind is sexy. Yeah. So that was a lot of talk about research. And we go way more into depth. <laughs> Shocking, I know. But actually on like how to do all this stuff, like how to create a system for storing your ambient research and making it more fun and also a really 
detailed process of how to do active research and not get stuck in the like procrastination zone forever and ever. But we do that in digital altars. Our class actually starts next Tuesday. So if you want to sign up, you have to sign up by Monday night at 5 p.m. Pacific time. We would love for you to come. Our Notion for Magical Bodies universe and our Notion for Magical Magical Bodies classes are for people with squiggly brains, we lovingly call them. People who are neurodivergent, ADHD, who need information quickly and also tend to have a hard time using the systems that are made for, mm, I don't know, neurotypical folks or maybe more, is it right brain? More logical, more linear thinkers. Actually left brain. Left brain. They're geared towards that type of thinker. But, you know, if you're a linear thinker, you'll you'll fit in just fine. You'll love it. But it's a really fun class. I teach it. Stacy teaches it. Wallace is usually there. And she's an excellent teacher as well. But we'd love for you to sign up. And if you turn in your homework at the end of the session, it's four classes, four live classes, then you get 50 bucks back in your bank account. I just want to add, because it's one of my favorite parts of the class, we do many fun exercises in class, but we also do a memeing exercise, (laughs) which even if you're like, I don't write memes, that's not for me. It's such a great copywriting exercise. Mm -hmm. And we also, as I said, in real time, are experimenting on the Good For You page. And we have created a really useful system for ambient meme research mm-hmm. that has helped us a lot. And we're going to go through that and teach you all about how to get in the mind frame of just free writing and creating with more ease and fun. And that is not to be missed. Mm-mm. It's so fun. And we're not teaching this class again for quite some time. So if you want to take it and, you know, byproduct of having a lot of fun on the internet is you'll see pretty amazing growth. You should join. But the key takeaway, above all things, even if you're not going to take our digital altars class, is that, you know, your curiosity, your interests, it shouldn't be something that you're ashamed of. It should be something that feels restorative to you and interesting. And yeah, your social media experience doesn't need to feel like junk food. It can feel like nourishing home-cooked meal that fortifies you and that expands your world. Yeah, I love to quote Nora Ephron (laughs) all the time. Bring her in. I highly recommend Nora Ephron's documentary on HBO. It is called Everything is Copy, I believe. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but that's her motto. And if you don't know her, she is a prolific writer and screenwriter specifically and has written many a favorite films like When Harry Met Sally, Mm -hmm. Sleepless in Seattle, to name a few. Anyways, what she talks about a lot is everything is copy. So to extend that to what we're talking about, everything is research. It's all information. And everything that you're doing informs something else. So going to see the latest Batman could inform your next marketing brand strategy that you're working on because of something that you saw from the promotion of Batman or in the movie or kind of a weird example. I'm just thinking about it. Because no, Robert Pattinson's so hot. So he Kravitz for me. I'm so, like, like, I can't look away. Everyone in that movie is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it... Also, it makes life more interesting and fun to think about everything informing the other. So if we can leave you with anything, everything is copy. Everything is research. Everything is copy. It's more fun to have fun. Come have fun with us also. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't be like uncool. (laughs) Come Come hang out. (laughs) Okay, that's it. And just a heads up, we are so excited. We're launching our first in-person event in like three years. How did we forget this? I don't even know. We just... We did, but our we're very excited to announce our first in-person event in a really long time. It's Quantum Con Get Shit Done Weekend. We've curated the perfect experience for anyone who 
has, I don't know, like reached their max capacity at working from home, having to balance children and chores and dogs and people and all the things and all the dysregulation that the last two years have brought. Or if you're tired of being alone. (laughs) Yeah, or that. Truly. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. And mostly if that's manifesting in your life as, you know, inhibiting you from really being able to get something done that means a lot to you. And you can't really figure out why you're procrastinating on it. Well, we made this for you. It's a deep work retreat. We've curated every single element of this weekend to set you up for success so that you can not only get that project or (laughs) write that book proposal or finally get to email inbox zero, get that done, but also feel like you walk away from the 48 hours that we spend together equipped to tackle procrastination and that feeling of stuckness beyond what we go over together in, you know, our two days. It's on Saturday and Sunday, April 30th, May 1st. It's in LA at our um, incredible co-working space, second home. We're renting it, the whole thing out. It's going to be like amazing. It's pretty much a jungle oasis it's, in the heart of LA. <laughs> yeah, like truly is. Every time I bring someone, they're like, what? Is this, this real this place? life? I don't yeah. want to leave. You would never expect it to be in LA. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so cool. And uh, it's going to be a really cool group of people. There's going to be like amazing swag bags and lunch, breakfast, coffee, tea, all the things, plus classes that we'll be teaching throughout the day to help you get unstuck and maybe like get inspired so that you can power through the things that Maybe you've been procrastinating on for a while, but you're ready to get done. So you can sign up at holisticism.party. And just as a heads up, tickets are currently at early bird price and it's $4.49 for the weekend. The price goes up on April 1st. So you're going to want to lock in that lower price like now. And we can't wait to meet you and see you. Come party with us. It's going to be fun. But actually also get shit done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really the goal of the weekend. Party and get shit done. Yeah. That's the only way we know how to do it. Yeah, it's very much like introvert and extrovert. Yeah. Like everyone will feel welcome here. Mm-hmm. Introverts, hang out with me. Mm-hmm. Extroverts, you're kind of an extrovert. Kind of. You're like an ambivert. Depending on the scenario. Yeah. Extroverts can hang out with Stacy and Janelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you follow them. Okay. That's it for our episode this week. We'll see you on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for following the podcast. We love it when you rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends. And we'd love to see you in digital altars or in person at QuantumCon. Either way, we'll see you soon. Thanks for being you. You're the best. Bye. Bye.